Get Pucked. Hello and welcome back to Get Pucked. I'm Matt, he's Vito, he's Dave, and let's just get right into this, fellas. Three years ago, the New York Rangers issued a letter to their fans announcing that the team was going to go through a rebuilding process. This was a rare novelty in a really otherwise um, old school mentality type league. So I ask you this, off the last two pretty bad losses the team just went through, would you support a rebuild if the team came out and announced it? Why or why not? Vito, go ahead. Start us off, baby. I, I think I'm at the point where I would have to go that route. But the the question is, what do you do with Carey Price? And he deserves better. He deserves a, a chance and an opportunity for that Stanley Cup. And while you have him, I just don't think we should waste the, whatever there's left of his career. The problem with that is he's got a bit, very big contract. Montreal would definitely have to retain some salary, for sure, if they were to move him. As long as they have Carey Price, there's always some kind of chance, even in the back nine of his career. He could even say the back-back nine of his career. But... um I think we're at the point where we might have to start considering moving some pieces. We we tried the retooling, and going as Mark Bergevin has put it, it worked out to a certain yeah, extent. And, we got and I'm to not the talking, Stanley. I'm not talking retooling. I'm no, saying a full blown yeah. rebuild. Well, this is what I'm saying, right? We we got to the point where he did it. He got some success out of it in the sense that that we got to the Stanley Cup Finals, and it was the best run we've had since 1993. And he, he, you know, Mark Bergevin and that whole team gets full credit for what they achieved, even though they didn't win the cup. But now we're at a point where we were looking at it. We're looking at a team where on paper before the season started, we're like, okay, this is a team that's going to score a lot of goals, but their defense is questionable and we'll see what happens. And when we lost Shea Weber and all these things, you know, we kept going with the mindset that as long as we had Weber and we had Carey Price and what we had this kind of window open, but. Weber's gone, and Carey Price. We don't. He'll he'll come back, but we don't know if it's this month, next month, or after the holidays. Okay, but but hypothetically, cutting through. So the hypothetically, for a second, no, but yeah, if, I, if, I if would Olsen say came out tomorrow with a letter. Forget trying to figure out the the specifics of what you do with Carey Price and can you actually rebuild with Price on the team. Forget that for a second. Simply supporting the team. If they came out and did a letter like New York did, would you have a problem with that, or would you would you back it? No, I, I would I would back it because at least at that point we ha- there's a path and we know where we're going. And you know what you're saying, rebuild. And I think everybody, most fans, that's what they w- they want to hear in a sense. It's either it's a rebuild or you're going to try to win. And right now this is not a team that's winning, nor is it a team that can win. So even if they pile up a few wins, can they realistically can they win the cup? And the, the answer is no. Dave, it's such a shame because I really believe they're just a few pieces away. Really, they're major pieces. Don't get me wrong, but. They're uh, a big, set, a good center, and a good puck moving defenseman away from from we're getting right back in the thick of things and being, you know, uh, not only a playoff contender but a playoff mainstay. I firmly believe that, but I don't think that they have the pieces to do it, and I don't think they have the general manager to do it. So yeah, of course, I think fans would embrace. Um, well, obviously they have no choice really but to embrace it. But but I, I think that. Uh, if you put somebody in place who knows what he's doing and who has a clear, concise plan and it's well communicated, because maybe they do have a plan, but it's yeah. not communicated to the fans. So I think, it, uh, as you said, the letter there, the communication is key. If you say, hey, this is my vision, this is where we're going with it. But it's just, it's a, it's a real, real shame because they're, they're close, man. They've proven it. They're close. It's just 
they just don't have what it takes, and I don't think they have the pieces to get to where they want to go. I would say that they're, okay. they would still be close if they still had the pieces that they they lost. I'd say they're still close enough, and but you know what you can add gone, to them, but that's yeah, gone, that's right? Gone. That's gone. And, and the, the pieces about that... last year, it's done. We're stuck in this, this yes. swamp, this filth that is this season, this 3-10, this, this abomination of a season that we're going through, which, don't get me wrong, too, right? You look at a season, you look at what they're going through now, and it's only 13 games. And and yet still we're talking off the cuff of uh off the cusp rather of, of a Stanley Cup finals appearance and the team is not the same team. I get it, but do you really go and blow it all up? And Dave's right, they're close, but do they have what it takes to acquire the pieces without you know breaking up other parts and having holes elsewhere to get there? If the answer is no, then you got to say the hell with it and let's blow it up. But but I want to go and, and, and kind of dive a little bit deeper now on what Dave brought up about the GM. So there's been a lot of talk, a lot of social media things about Bergevin, no contract. Do you really trust a guy who has no future with the team presently to, to care about the future of the team? It's a, it's a bit odd, right? Normally, this isn't the case, right? So I ask you this. Do you want Bergevin back as the GM of this team? Or are you prepared to see new blood? And I got some names for you. Maybe you got some others. We got uh, Madden, Martin Madden Jr. Out of, um, out of Anaheim is very popular. A lot of people talking about him. I hear a lot of things about Matthew Darsh. Uh, Pierre Maguire even is back in the mix of, of, of names I'm seeing out there. Or do you go a little bit more um, chaotic? Do you go and say, bring in Patrick Waugh? Or do you hand the reins over to, to the alleged heir apparent of our current organization and you give it to uh, to Timmons and say, you got the keys now, you go with it. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I do not believe in Mark Bergevin's ability to build this team. Uh, he's had nine years now, and I get it. He was he was young and inexperienced when he started, and he, he's he's very good with managing con some contracts. He's very yeah. good on on certain trades and, and identifying things, but he can't put together a team. I, I'm I'm a firm believer of it. He's failed. It's just been a failure for nine years. I know they made went to the Stanley Cup final run, but it was just luck more than anything i i believe it was, it was on the back of carrie price and and an incredible incredible you know goal lifetime run. yeah 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 so, lifetime run. so sure. i i don't have faith in mark bergerman and if you're talking about who comes next i mean that's the million dollar question i don't know martin madden madden was a name that i heard about you know a, a while ago that people were saying oh, I, I don't think it's going to happen he's the heir apparent to bob murray in, in anaheim yep. Yep. But he's an interesting name, right? He's one of those French-speaking general he's managers. He's a new, and his dad was a part of our organization. Exactly. In early 2000s, brief, but he was here. So there's a bit of that connection too. There is. So that's that's an interesting name as well. I mean, Pierre Maguire, I, I just don't think that, that that's, <laughs> that's realistic. I don't Talking about like, will fans accept a rebuild? I don't think fans will accept no, under, a rebuild. Under the, and under I like the Pierre Maguire. Maguire. I, really yeah, I like him too. I, but... I spoke to him every day for an entire year. We texted back and forth. Uh, but I, I just, I don't see it. Um, and other than that, like I, I, Patrick Waugh, I don't think is, is, a, is a good option either. I think you need someone experienced now. I think we're done with the trial run of giving this guy the keys and saying, hey, good luck, do your negotiating. Like even Trevor Timmons, fine, he's been in the game forever, but how's his negotiation skills? How is he going to match up? How is he – we don't know that. He's good an points. amateur scout. He's, you know, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think the most interesting name to me is Martin Madden, but – We'll, we'll have to see what, what happens. But definitely, um, I, I Mark Bergeron, the keys are out of his hands in my mind. I just don't think he's the man for the job. VR? 
I don't think Mark Bergevin is probably the guy for a rebuild. But at the same time, I don't think he's as I don't think he's done as bad as Dave came made him out to. Like I mean, this is a guy who got nominated at some point as GM Last of the year. year. Last, Last year, year. okay. Right. But, but, but Hold on. two Hold seconds. On. No, no, two seconds. <laughs> First off, they, they wouldn't have made the playoffs had it not been this crazy year. And then what? they're a, they're a bad bounce away from being eliminated from the Leafs uh, by by the Leafs, right? In, in in the playoffs, they're a bad bounce in that overtime game game five overtime from being eliminated. Mark Bergevin would not have been nominated. They still, he still made it. He still built two teams. Well, okay, hold on a sec. He didn't. One of the teams he just wrote on the success of whatever players were there already, but he still made it to two semi conference finals. And a Stanley okay, Cup but, final. But let's, not, but let's not talk about okay. what he did. I understand. Okay, fine. But I, I agree. I think maybe it's time for a change um, after nine years. At the same time, it wouldn't completely surprise me if he did come back and if they gave him another two, three-year extension. But it, it I do, no, it wouldn't surprise me. But at the same time, it almost, like seeing him go would kind of be a, a bit bittersweet. And this is what I mean by this, okay, is because... I feel like he's at the point where he's gotten the a certain experience that now when he does move on, he'll have he'll have certain experience and a certain know-how to carry himself as a general manager going forward, right? Versus when we first, when he first got to Montreal, he was an assistant GM for a very brief stint, you know, director of player personnel and assistant coach. He had all those titles, so you knew okay, there was, there was something, and you know, he was coming in to replace a Pierre Gauthier and a Bob Gainey, and so it was kind of a breath of fresh air to see somebody like Bergevin coming into the, the organization. That being said, there's the names like you've just mentioned. Um, and do you have also, one that's not that? Like, yeah, yeah. I have a, I do have a name that ooh, you didn't ooh. mention. And, and I'm, I'm only saying because it, people are bringing it up and it's, I have no backing, but Vincent Donfus. People have actually brought up and apparently he was a candidate a few years ago too or they were discussed. I, I don't think it's going to be him because again, I, I no agree with experience. Dave. I, that's exactly. it. I agree with Dave. The next guy that comes in has to have some form of experience. He needs to be like, I don't know who it's going to be, but we, we're limited in that pool because at the same time, he's got to be bilingual. Yeah, well, I'm done. And, and oh. people are saying Matsur Dash too. Like Matsur Dash now is the AGM in in, in Tampa, right? And Tampa. Ideally, yeah. maybe in five years he would be a great candidate. But he just started. He's two years in, and he kind of was just randomly hired by Julien Brisebois. So I don't think he has the experience yet. Tampa hasn't done a whole massive set of things in the so, past two years that you could yet. They haven't built anything. So what's he learning? So realistically, then, I mean, from what I'm hearing from you guys, like, yes, you're talking, you would you would want a guy with experience to come in. Uh, Madden over in Anaheim is a good one, although I don't think he's ever actually run a show yet, right? He's just the heir apparent to Bob, to Bob Murray over there, so that's fine. Right. So also. realistically, who is there? Let's put the language thing aside. I don't even want to dive into that. I think that would take a whole other podcast to talk about that, about whether you agree or disagree with the person needing to speak French or not. Um, but who, who could there be, like as a realistic option to replace Bergevin that's out there and theoretically available today? Like, don't tell me. Um, and and hilariously, his name eludes me now. But the guy from Tampa, right, the one running the show, Julian Brisebois. Julian Brisebois, exactly. Like, don't tell me. And, don't and tell me Julian Brisebois is the guy to come here because it's just not going to happen. So, quickly, is there a name out there, really, a true guy with experience? Who you think can come and do the job? Yes or no? Man, that's a good question. I, I, I don't know. Like I've heard people Dale Talon, you know, uh, okay, that name. Okay. Um, 
again, though, I, I mean, you seem to put aside the language issue. I just don't think they will. So to me, I think that's a moot, it's a moot point. I don't even, I haven't even considered anybody that doesn't. Uh, Fair enough. In that role. Fair enough. So, Fair enough. Fair you know, enough. They, they'll tell, you know, another one that's interesting that a lot of people are praising behind the scenes is a guy like Mark Recchi. You know, former Canadian, he has a little bit of the thing. I, I know his, his, his reputation here. Okay, Doctor Recky. <laughs> but Mark Recky is apparently, you know, being groomed to be a general manager somewhere. So he's a guy maybe I could see down the line. But again, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I, I want an experience, like someone who knows what they're doing in terms of who has actual experience on an NHL team at the general manager level and i know martin madden is assistant general manager but it seems as though he's a much more involved assistant general manager okay he has the most so experience hold on. yeah yeah given that there are, there are, there has been rumors that mark bergeron could end up in la now to what capacity we have no idea um if that is true what about if it's almost call it a, i'm not gonna say it's a trade but what if it means that mark bergeron takes luke robotai's job and luke robotai moves here He's not know. taking Lou Robitaille's job. I think Lou Robitaille's the guy who's going to be bringing in Mark Burton. Yeah. Oh, probably. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think. But if, if you want to get cr- sudden- if you want to get real crazy, like if you want to talk like tinfoil hat kind of crazy, in my estimation, if Bergeron doesn't sign like a two year contract to remain as GM, my belief is that he's going to be actually elevated to president of hockey operations here, and Timmins is going to go and replace him as GM. Uh, I would say Marty I, Lapointe has a better chance of replacing Bergevin as a GM in I Montreal think somebody than, on than his Timmins. Staff, but somebody I, on his staff that, is going to take it. I think that's going to happen, because I think he has an actual really strong relationship with Jeff Molson. I really do believe it. You also can tell, and this is from a human perspective, this guy... To me, I believe it. This isn't like he isn't putting on a show. He actually really cares about his players. And it's that is a quality that you don't always see in people. People running the show, they're, a, they're very much a dollars and senses and, and whatever. Yes, he can build attachments perhaps to the wrong people. Um, and and I, am, I am somewhat defending a guy who did just bring in Cedric Paquette and David Savard, who looks <laughs> awful, and Matthew Perot and all these other guys that, eh, maybe not so great. But that being said, Quickly, and I, I want to just kind of move on to something else right after, but would you be comfortable if he took over as president of hockey operations? Nope. No. No from me. I, I mean, look, I'd like to, like, look, realistically, if that was the real option, I'd be willing to give him a chance just because, like, I don't think you could work 15 years at a job and not be good eventually, you know? Like, yes. I think that That's eventually he's just going to get <laughs> into that groove of finding how to build a team, right? He, he did a really good job from, from the beginning to where he is now. He's improved tremendously. It's just, do you want another six years for him to, to, to do that? That's fair. I, I don't think that, that that's what the fan base wants. I don't think it's what this team needs. I think, you know, you talk about caring. He went into the locker room and chewed them out after that game in L.A. And they went and laid a dud the next Sometimes game. Sometimes it's tough love, baby. That shows he cares too. Sometimes okay, but, but maybe love. the players now are starting, okay, they're starting to tune him out a little bit. You know what I mean? Sure, like, he does talk a lot. It's not as if they switch to switch and, oh, my God, he's amazing. They, they, true, true. terrible all weekend still. So. Yeah. I'd be okay with him being president of hockey ops if he lets the general manager that be coming in let the general manager do his job. Let's you could be a president. You could be the, let, the president of hockey ops. You yeah. could be president of hockey ops and really jump in if like things are getting bad or that's a really bad move and kind of you know veto uh, the general manager's trade or move if it's gonna kill the like team, Shem. right? Something like that. But yeah. he, he let the GM do do what he has to do. Okay, fair. And I would be okay with that because he's so, he would no longer be the GM. 
he'd be just taking basically Molson's job on that. And Molson could just go be a CEO, go be the owner. Yeah, go be the owner of, yeah exactly. Perfect. Okay. So, so with that, in, with that in mind and, and continuing this kind of theme of, of rebuild sort of, let's assume for a second, even if Kerry comes back uh, or when he comes back rather, uh, and the play just doesn't improve, right? They, they, they sprinkle a couple wins here and there, but they remain in bottom five team in the league all the way up to the trade deadline. Let's let's just say that that's just what this season's going to be about. Okay. What do you reasonably expect as returns for a guy like Ben Sherratt, for example? Like like a guy like him who you can see some other teams making a run would be like, yeah, we want to get Munch- him. Like, what what, did, Mon- what get? did Montreal get for Marco Scandella? A second and a fourth, a second, right? Yeah. Okay. I, something like that for Ben Chirot is fair. Second and a fourth from a team that needs a left-hand defenseman who's a defensive defenseman who has proven that he can do well in the playoffs. I would say it's at least a second and a fourth for somebody like Ben Chirot. Now, some people are going to be like, oh, you know what? You're, you're not going to get more than a fifth round. Those people are delusional because defensemen are come at a premium at trade deadline. So no way you get a late first? Impossible? No. Not for no, Ben Chirot. Okay. At, no, most, at most, you get a second and a third. And it's a conditional okay. third. Okay. Look, I mean, look, there, there, there's some crazy general managers out there. Look what Martin Emrat got, okay? Like, there is there's is a possibility that they get a first-round pick. I just don't think the light is very likely. Sure. <laughs> Excuse me. I would pay nothing more than a second-round pick for Ben Chirot at best. Maybe a second. And, and like Vito said, a fourth, maybe a fifth. Uh, toss it in there. But I don't think Ben Chirot is as hot a commodity. Uh, look at what Jeff Petrie went for, you know, when, when the Habs acquired him. And he is way better than Ben Schrott. So Can you move Jeff Petrie? Jeff Petrie would be an interesting guy. That's a guy who could fetch you a first-round pick, I think, absolutely. And maybe p- perhaps more. Um, Should you move a guy like Jeff Petrie? That's, that's the question. I mean, then watch. It depends watch. what the plan is. If the plan is to go full rebuild, then, yeah, you've got to move somebody like Jeff Petrie. Well, if, if they're going to stay this shit for that long, all the way to the trade deadline, you bet your ass they're doing something like a rebuild. You can call it whatever you want. If they want to stick with the retool, if they want to be like a super retool or whatever they want to call it, it's going to be severe. So so I guess my next question, or, or rather the follow-up to that would be something more like this. Who, in your estimation, going forward in a rebuild scenario, is your actual core? Who are your untouchables on this team? All right, so I think uh, obviously Suzuki would be an untouchable. Definitely, um, I think Caulfield would be an untouchable just because his value is crap, anyways. Right now, anyway, I mean, you know, sure. I, mean, I don't think sure. yeah, yeah, he's part of the team. I think Romanov's part of the part of that team. I think Josh Anderson, uh, I would keep him around um, as part of that team, and I think that Brendan Gallagher and Carey Price are going to stick around. Also, I just don't see them moving. Brendan Gallagher has an immovable contract. If they move that contract, Bergevin can get the keys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're ever getting rid of that contract. He has so yeah, much he, term left. He got paid for services rendered. I'm okay with it. I love Brendan yeah. Gallagher, but I, I understand it. So I agree with you. I, but I'm just saying that I think he's sticking around. And he's a guy who you, you'd like to build your team around anyways, character-wise, because he is like a, a good Agreed. character guy. We mock the character factor all the time. The team is starred exactly. for leadership. I agree. I so agree. that's that's who I would build my team around. Those guys, I think, and everybody else would be expendable. Norlander, okay. obviously. I mean, now we're talking about like Norlander, Gooley. The prospects I would keep, obviously, in a rebuild, but I'm just talking in terms of the team, that's who I would keep. Yeah, you're, yeah, exactly. Vito. 
Suzuki Who stays. Suzuki for sure. Yeah. Um, I would even go as far as saying, I mean, I know you're saying Caulfield's value is shit, but he still has actually quite a bit of value in a sense of that there are teams that would bank on what he can do versus him being on a sh- part of a shit Montreal team right now. You wouldn't get the value for him that you think. That no, you but he, if he'd be a piece in a trade, yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying a one-for-one one deal, but if, if Montreal would have thrown him in along with the, the rest of the package for, the, uh, let's say, a Jack, a Jack Eichel, that probably Fair. could have happened. Fine. Right? But um, so depending on that kind of a move, I would consider throwing in Caulfield. It, it would it would really have to be a a, a type of deal where well, if I'm if, throwing if coffee. He's, if he's on the fence, then that's fine. He's allowed to be on the fence in your in your scenario. Tell me who is not on a fence, who cannot be even phone called There's about. Nobody. Nobody. No. Okay, Montreal, you, you, Montreal, gotta, you gotta have a core in your yes, team. Yes, you can have around. a so core. Who, so but who do you build depend, around? If, like if a team comes in and overpays for for, for freaking Nick Suzuki, I'm gonna well, do it. What's an overpay? What's an overpay? Connor McDavid, baby. That's the only uh, overpay. Uh, Connor McDavid for Nick Suzuki. Done. No. Uh, if Okay, here. If the Toronto Maple Leafs make a deal with you today. Yeah. All right. Okay, yeah. Somehow, some way, you're including Mitch Marner in this deal coming to you, and it means that you'd have to include Suzuki. Do you mm-hmm. do it? Me? No. Well, I, I know you hate the Leafs, but. Not even hate the Leafs, and I like Mitch Marner, and I would want Mitch Marner on the team. But if, if I were to like answer my own question, like you need to have X pieces that you're going to say, this is my core and I'm going to build around. And if somebody starts calling and saying, hey, I want one of your core pieces and I'm going to, and, and obviously more, right? No one's going to call and say, give me Nick Suzuki for Marner straight up. So I got to give you Suzuki oh. plus to get him. What have I done? Oh, I've yeah, swapped well. around some things and I haven't really improved my situation. So no, you need, you need Suzuki as a core. Um, yeah, we'll put Gallagher and Price aside. I'm not saying their, I wouldn't keep legacies. Suzuki. I'm not saying I don't think Suzuki's part of the core. But to say that he's untouchable, there's nobody in the team that's untouchable. Fine. No, so, okay, fine, but, but yes, it's okay. the core that you build then, around. It, then yes, it would be Suzuki and all the prospects. And I would keep Josh Anderson. I like that. I would also consider keeping Toffoli. Everybody else's game. And the reason why I'd keep Toffoli is because he's on a digestible contract. He still brings a bit of a leadership presence. And he's developed a bond with Suzuki and Caulfield. And you still need somebody there as a vet who can still steer things a little bit. And keep thinking, when things are going bad for Suzuki or for a Caulfield, you could pat them on the shoulder and say, guys, it's okay. You know, everyone goes through or whatever the case may be. Because if you go all kids, it's, that's, not a, that's just as bad as having all vets. So you need a bit of a balance on that. So I would keep somebody like Toffoli. Hoffman, gone. Um, let another team pay us probably a late first for him during a trade, the trade deadline or something for him, provided he could still he hits the 30 goal mark, right? Um, no, let's everybody, not talk bottom six because that's Drewing, fair, but, Drewing. Well, okay. Honestly, so, so, so Drewing's, that's what I Drewing's talk got about. one year left after this, this season, yeah. and he's a guy we need to move on from because he is not nice guy. He can. He has certain skills and certain talent, but he is not cut out for the Montreal market. So I had a follow-up question, and I had names circled based on what you guys would answer, right? So specifically, I wanted to know about your thoughts on Anderson. Obviously, they signed him to the monster-long contract, but you know, per, let's put that aside and say it was movable. Would he actually be a part of your core? You both seem to agree that he should stick around. It took so uh, long to get a player like him. Now we're going to get rid of him after a I, year. I'm not. I'm not saying yay or nay. I happen to like the workhorse. I'm. I'm all for it, or the power horse rather. So, so I'm cool with that. To Foley, 
I wanted to f- know your 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 thoughts on it. Whether you thought this guy should be core moving forward after he wrote that nice article in the Players Tribune about you know he was destined to be a have and everything. You guys both seem to be like that was very sweet. I love it. Thank you very much. But uh, bye bye. We 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 don't okay, need you. You know what? I could tell you right now who the vets should be with this rebuild. Well, but before you do, just one sec because it was the Drew thing that I really had circled big time okay. here. Do you see Druent as core on this team? No. So no. you say no, you say no. Very no. interesting. So so you should try and move this guy. And what do you reasonably expect Druent to net you at a trade deadline? There has been worse no, no. there there have been worse players than Druent that have got that have pulled a f- late first for worse players and teams have paid for it for it. P- I think that a team uh, with a 5.5 million dollar cap that Druent has Will mm-hmm. will pay for one more year of Drouin and give a late first and maybe something for it. Absolutely, I agree with that. I think you get a first. I think you can even get, you know, a, you know, a back end prospect on top of it, on top of the first as well for Jonathan Drouin. I think he has some value in the league. I think, um, hmm. you know, he, he has a pedigree. I think. I think a lot. He's bashed in this market, and I think that a lot of well, people, without question, you know, you 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 grab a player like him and plug him in a non-pressure market and well, make exactly. him play his role, his style of game. You're gonna see the flashes of drawing that we saw in Tampa when he would was able to deke a few players and go on in his own and do things. It, it, he's not cut out for Montreal. He's just I not. I agree, you know? and, and it's a shame that he's. Um, you know, I, I was hoping he would come back into this lineup and like overperform and just go give you what everyone expected of Jean Tendre, a killer on the power play and killer on that. And maybe it's it, it's a symptom of how bad this team is, and you know he just can't do everything. But I think it is time to move on from Jonathan Roy, unfortunately. And, and it sucks because he's a pillar in this community. But, you know, a lot of people hate him, but he's a pillar in this community. He has a golf tournament. He does a lot of stuff for charities. A lot Without of people question. like him. Just I think it's time to move on from Jonathan and, and, and the mistake of dealing Mikhail Suryashev up for him because I think that he'll forever be linked. Well, he'll be linked to that forever without question. And fortunately, Suryashev's walking around with two rings right now, but it's a team sport, so it is what it is. And Tampa's built like a machine, so you can't really compare. I I wouldn't say Suryashev was the main reason why Tampa won the cup either. No, no, but he's a very good defenseman. You wouldn't, defenseman. you wouldn't take, yeah, you wouldn't take Sergeyev today on the Habs. On the Habs today, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Court, right? Yeah, he'd be a core. But, but, but that's what. The, and the interesting it, part about, well, yeah, about well is you got to actually be fair to the guy. I mean, his play from last year and his play this year. I mean, he's on the uptick, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you were gonna deal him. Now would probably be your best time to do so. Like he's he's out there, and when he makes those laser passes, and and he's and he's racking up the points, right? Like this would be the ideal time. So I was curious whether you guys would part from him or not, because he's still young enough. He's still showing the signs of of significant growth in his game. I believe uh, since he came back from from stepping away from the game, I think he's reinvigorated in hockey. So I I, I was curious to see that you both said you let him go. I would personally keep him. I would keep him part of my core, but. I digress. We're all allowed our own opinions, and that's perfectly fine. So, I move forward to my next question, um, and and because we talked about him briefly, our friend Caulfield, he had a game in Laval, right? His first game. Um, his stat lines: four shots on goal. He was a minus two, no goals. Uh, he was getting ripped on pretty good on social media. Again, social media. The hell with them all. He's but got, a, he's got an assist today. 
it is the voice of the people. He does have an assist today. I think the game is either just ended or it's live still, ending shortly as we're recording this. Um, and he was getting chirped on, actually, by by the opposing team's uh, main Twitter feed. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, 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 they're like, hey, Caulfield, where are, we didn't find you in the first period. Are you even playing today? That's the main Twitter account of the opposition today. I forgot who they're U- playing. Utica. Utica, yeah. It. So cl- class act there. But uh, so are we, I mean, are we concerned? Like, did you... Did you have high expectations that he'd come in and torch the AHL in game one? Or is this par for the course and let him work through it and let him... I mean, people well, were showing pictures of him on the... They took the team picture and he didn't... He had like well, a no, he went down because his confidence is, is low and he wasn't performing as much or performing well in Montreal. He's there to get his confidence back and figure out how to find this game again. So mm-hmm. I didn't expect... If he would have gone to the AHL in the first game and he lit up lit it all up and started scoring goals then okay all the better for him just fast tracks the process but no he he, he's there for a reason let him go it's gonna take time he already got an assist tonight so far i don't know what the the score is and i I don't i don't want to check at the moment but they lost four two okay uh so he has one assist tonight and how many shots i don't know if you can check that but it's baby steps right um uh, let me just see here he had two shots on goal another minus two tonight Okay, so, uh, plus minus, yeah, plus minus, whatever. Yeah, plus but, again, yeah. I, I'm not, yeah, whatever. Yeah, no stop. Sure. I do expect more from Cole Caulfield. This guy is, was everybody's top line winger going into this season. Oh, yes, Cole Caulfield, untouchable. I wouldn't even trade him for Jack Eichel. I don't even care. Be straight Woo! up. Like, Cole That's what everybody was talking about. He was going to score 40 goals. Ziegler yes, said it. He was going to score 40 goals. That guy, that guy fucking cursed him, by the way. His friend there. Oh, yeah, but Ziegler's got, Ziegler's is the only guy, I think, in the NHL that managed to get. I have a Montreal Canadian and a former Montreal Canadian suspended within a week. <laughs> but people actually believed and bought into this guy. So if that's who he was, how could you not expect the guy's playing at eight in the AHL, man? Like, you okay, can you say the pressure got to him? Maybe once again, the Montreal pressure got to him. Montreal pressure. Montreal. He was in the Stanley Cup Finals, going into the Stanley Cup for the first time. He wasn't even born yet. The last time they were in the Cup Finals, he was torching in the playoffs. I think, what did he have? 12 points or something? There's I think a- Cole, Cole Caulfield is a guy who has not really a one-dimensional player, but he's a guy who is, if he does not, if he's not surrounded by the right talent, is going to be easy to single out by the opposition. And that's what mm-hmm. happens. Is, is the playoffs, nobody had tape on this guy. Nobody knew what this guy was about. He's small. He's unassuming. Looks like a kid. No, no one really took him too seriously. and. They, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you that, that, that that's what happened. And then now players are, are are smartening up, and that's what's happening in the American Hockey League. And this is what I spoke to. I think I, it was last episode I spoke. I said it's not a good idea to send him back there because now he's going to be the target of everybody in the AHL. Mm-hmm. Everybody is going to zone in and, and and look at the the. You think the social media team for the Utica Commons are the only people zoning in and circling Cole Caulfield to chirp at every single player is down there on the opposing team <laughs> going to chirp this guy and shadow this guy he's going to have bad nights ahead okay and now it's on him to work it out Never I just bingo. think it's a huge mistake to shoot him down there I think I, he wasn't doing as bad as everyone thought he was in the NHL I agree I, I mean, thought he was I thought he was actually be, doing better yeah. this is going to be worse for him than had he just wrote it out in the NHL so am I concerned? Yes, I am concerned because he should be putting up points in the AHL regardless of, you know, who he's Even two games, you expected, you expected like a goal a at goal. least within two games? Yeah, okay. Oh, look, he went, he went to the fair. AHL last year, 
and he scored two goals and then he scored another two goals or another goal and two assists or something. He performed, man. That's what he does. A, a guy like Cole Caulfield needs to perform. That's what Agreed. I'm Agreed. Speaking of performers, speaking of performers, let's talk about the bright light, the one, the main, only positive thing in this entire season. I think we've got a clip for this. Davis, get out of here. But <laughs> the blue line, Dvorak supporting Petrie when he was under pressure. And then right there, Suzuki supports Dvorak. And that's what you need your power play to do, is support those pucks that are 50-50. And then Mike, what can you say about... Poked ahead by Suzuki, and here comes Gallagher. Oh, he's him alone. Waits. Scores. So our boy... Our boy Suzuki, right? He uh, he started the season, albeit there was a lot of uh, a lot of talk about him about signing that big new contract, right? The 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 long contract, the big money, uh, didn't put up a lot of points, and now whoop, what happened? He's a point a game player, almost I a point a game. I mean, well, game, I mean, his last he's, he's got eight points in his last five games. He's got twelve points in so, his last thirteen and well, yeah. thirteen games this season. He's now uh, even plus minus. And last game, what was impressive is that he averaged, uh, he played 23 minutes and 19 seconds of, of time on ice. The only place, the only area where he really needs to work on. Face-offs. My God, is the face-off circle. So, yeah, he did well against Detroit at a little over 68%, but then it was 40% and 40% for the other two games. So, he definitely needs to work on that, but at the moment, he is on pace for a 75-point season. Will he continue and will he hit that mark? Who knows? But Suzuki is the only bright spot right now on this team. Yeah, well said, Vito. I mean, I agree with you 100%. I think Nick Suzuki is, is finally stepping out. He's being the, the center, number one center that the Habs need. Um, will he continue on like this? Can he, can he keep it up? I, I think so. I think that he's playing at a pace that's not too unrealistic for him. And he just gives the team a little bit of energy and a little bit of kick, you know. And it's just... A shame that the rest of the team isn't <laughs> following suit or, or you know he's kind of leading by example in his own way and it just doesn't seem to be happening for anybody else and you know that game against Detroit was great and I just I want to see more and I want to see it more consistently and, and we, we said it we want to see it against good teams and obviously LA on Tuesday not a very good team but Calgary is one I'm circling yeah on, on Thursday that's going to be a big end and another Detroit game on Saturday like come on the last this? one of the season the last one baby but, the last one. <laughs> but that Calgary game on Thursday is going to be very interesting because that's what I want to say. I want to see Nick Suzuki do what he does against a good team. Well, if the Nick's... New York Islanders were a good team. They're a good team. The Stanley Cup finalist team. They're, I mean, okay, yeah, they're icing, you know, uh, Father Times Dano Chara in there. No, and it's like, eh, but. They're very good. But, again, he had a good game. But I, I wanted to see him steal a game against a good team. You know what I mean? I want to see him really take over the game and, and, and dictate, and it's the Nick Suzuki show. That's what I want to see. And I haven't seen that yet. I, I will say this. If he manages to hit. a three-point game like two games ago or something? Against Detroit. Well, okay, fine. I Fair. said against Point a taken. good team. Point taken. Point Dude, taken. he was 68% in the face-off circle against Detroit. 68. No, no there's nobody. That team, so, that team is such a conundrum, right? You got forget the the Bertuzzi thing. I'm not getting into that, but I mean monster and Larkin now not around either. But they have two, two rookies on their team that are leading the scoring races for rookies. That's nuts to me. I find that, that incredible. That D guy, man, that's exactly who. Absolutely. Imagine well, him more, more excited 
on, yeah. on the Habs. That's exactly. And they got Lucas Ra- Lucas Raymond, who's torching it too. Anyways, I don't want to talk yeah. about Detroit, but uh, yeah. All this to say, um, if Suzuki manages to be a point of play, point of game player this season, he'd be the first Hab to do oh, so God. since Kovalev. Yeah. That one season since Kovalev, and he'd be I the don't... first center since what? Do- the the Koivu never even hit a point a game. Vinny Donfus. Vinny Donfus since Vincent Donfus. But I don't think I don't think he's gonna hit a game. A I don't think he'll be point a game, but he might be close. He might get yeah. sixty five or seventy points. Like it's it's. I, I'm easy I'm enough. I'm managing my expectations. I'm gonna say he'll hit sixty, and if he gets to what he's on pace, seventy five. That's a fantastic season. Would you, you say you're cautiously good. optimistic? <laughs> oh, oh, bringing, it, bringing back the first episode. Would you? Would you? Well, because you're you're cautiously optimistic views well, on Well, if we want, so we can far. make a quick prediction now before we move on to the next topic. And I'll say this, you know, what here, Dave, what do you what do you predict for uh, Suzuki? I'd like to see him hit 70. I'll, I'll go with a nice, clean 70. I think it'll make people happy. And I think that, you know, yeah, I'll go with 70. Give me 70 points. Give me 69, Bob. 69. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Give me, uh, give me 71. <laughs> wow. no, um, I, 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 I think I think Suzuki's gonna be about sixty-three points. About, about sixty-three. Yeah. Went 60. from a point a game to down to sixty-three. I no, I'm. I, I never said he was going to be a point a game. I said if he were, he's on point a game. Uh, um, yeah, if he were to hit yeah. a point a game, he'd be the first Hab since Kovalev okay. and the first center since Donfus. Okay. Okay. So 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 that's our bright spot. Now let's talk about the 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 shit. Uh, the rest of the team. Uh, so, so you, the you got a whole episode on, no. for this. Well, listen, we're going to try to do the abridged version. the The game on um, against the Islanders. I mean, that was just painful to watch, uh, start to finish. It was it was uh, a hard, hard thing to watch as a fan. Um, they looked terrible. Uh, there really wasn't any bright spots there. They got completely manhandled the whole game through. So, I don't even really want to dwell too much on that because. I really want to talk about this Vegas game. Vegas game, they don't have Mark Stone. They don't have Max Pacioretty. They don't have Jack Eichel slash Alex Tuck, whatever. Um, you know, I don't. they didn't have Carlson. Uh, so, like, whatever. They're icing half of their AHL team. Um, on that paper, first they were worse than the Habs. The, the, yeah, like, on paper, 100%. That first period, right? Oh, my God. If that didn't get your mojo going, if that didn't light a fire in you, nothing can. 20 shots to one, total domination, 2 nothing at the end of the first, beautiful. Everybody's on Twitter, everybody talking, everybody dancing, doing a little dance, it was wonderful. What the hell happened? Matt, good teams find a way to win. That's a good team? No, hold on a sec. That's good a good te- team. Wait, let me finish the... F- good team, Montreal constantly finds a way to lose. Does that make them an exceptionally bad team then? <laughs> well, I mean, they struggle in the second period. It's the re- last season I said it, the dreadful second period. I've I tweeted a bunch of times. Let's see what happens in this dreadful second period. Second period came along. One goal goes in and they just fucking get deflated. There's what some this team is not built to win. They what can did Ducharme say a- to them in that intermission, Dave? What no. did he say? <laughs> did you tell me what he could well, have said to them? I, I'm telling you right now. This game proved one thing, is that the Canadians are soft. They're soft. Yeah. And they're soft because you see a puck bounce off Petrie, get into the net, a fluky goal, then another goal, and there's zero pushback. You could just see it. 
you could see it on the ice. You could see it was just they were going to fold, and it was just going to be that's it, game over. You might as well. After that first goal, you just knew the pushback wasn't going to be there. And it's sad. They looked defeated. They looked, and that comes from coaching. Absolutely. It comes from the leadership group. Group Fine. Carey Price not there. Shea Weber gone. But it comes from the coaching. And I think that this team is soft. It's soft. The second anyone gets anything going, everything goes in the net. They score three goals on seven shots, which I get is deflating. But there's no pushback. The game's 3-2 at this point. That Vegas team hadn't scored. one to start the game. How could you not have pushback? It's not possible. The the Vegas team didn't score a power play goal all goddamn season. The entire season, zero power play goals. They come into Montreal, and they roll out of here with not one, not two, but three of them. What the hell happened to the penalty kill on this team? Paul Byron's gone, man. Paul Byron's a huge Paul Byron player. was the Montreal Canadiens penalty Paul killer? Paul Byron and Shea Weber. And Carey Price. No, no. no and no, Gary no, Price. No, okay, yeah, okay, the best penalty killer on the team. Okay. He's right, Carey Price. Yeah. That's Carey uh, Price. Well. And on top of but that, Paul Byron as well. I mean, listen, I was... I was debating this. I was debating this with my brother yesterday during the game. So there's two things that he brought up that it, it stuck with me. When you're watching a Habs game now with Ducharme being the coach, you're looking at his system, and I don't know what the heck the system is. With Julia, we knew what it was. With Terry, Defense. we knew what it was. We, but there was there was a structure. You saw how they played. Whether it was a whatever formation it was, you saw it. With Agreed. Ducharme. It's it's just it's so open. You see these stretch these stretch passes that are always getting taken away. It it's just it doesn't work. There's something not fucking right with this system. That's one. Number two, everybody's saying the Habs need a superstar. The Habs need a superstar. They need a this. They need a that. They need a puck moving defense. Yes, all true. But one thing this team desperately needs, and I didn't think of it until I it got brought up to me yesterday. They need sandpaper. They don't have any of that. They don't have any sandpaper on this team. Romanoff would like to have a word with you, sir. No, I'm talking about last year you had the Corey Perrys of the world that brought a certain grit and a certain style of game. You know, you you had certain pieces on this team that could have, that were character guys. Matthew Perot, Pocket, these guys. Okay, I get it. You brought some guys that were homeboys over here. You brought them here and you said, okay, they're going to, it's going to light a fire in them to play for Montreal, play for Quebec. And maybe to a certain extent it did, but that, that doesn't replace what the Habs had last year and what they, what they need now. They need some sandpaper, some true care. Now, Armia, to a certain extent, could have done some of it, but he's a, no, he's, he's a no-show this year so far. You can't count on UL Armia. No, he's, in, he's too inconsistent. You know how he is. He scores one goal, you know there's a second one, but by the time he scores those two goals, half the season's gone. Okay, well, let me ask you this then. Is Ducharme getting outcoached? Yes, 100%. 100%. He's getting outcoached. Every, like, like, it's not just the system. He's also being outcoached live during the game. If I was... Go, go ahead. Sorry, if you go back to last year, okay, when, when Tavares got knocked out of the, of the out of the playoffs, it took him a few games to adapt to the fact that Tavares wasn't there. And then the, the system kind of kicked in, and they were able to, to, to take over from the Leafs and, and win those games in a row. He, and, and I forget who I was speaking with this, but he reacts way too slowly to everything. He doesn't... He's, his system. He's, he's getting out coached at every at every in every game, and I'm not saying that he can't eventually adapt, but he adapts way too slowly for it to have any. Impact. So a, res, a recipe of three and ten is essentially a mixture between a coach with a weird system that can't be defined, who's being out coached, plus players that are all underperforming. So it's really no mystery while we're here. Well, if you go okay. back to last, if you go back to last season, his record's actually far worse than three and ten. No, I understand that, but I'm saying is I'm he, saying those two he, things. 
yeah, he's, he's eighteen and fifty-one or something. 51. It's it's yeah, it's really messed up. But but what what I'm what I'm what I want to close with is we started the 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 podcast today about talking rebuild. We we were talking blow it up, start from scratch, new blood, new everything, and that is you know starting to to clamor up a bit more, and that's starting to become a thing that people are talking about. But coaching. You know the system is a system, and maybe he'll he'll eventually work out the kinks of it. And and being out coached will perhaps maybe he'll elevate his game and learn over the course of the season. And the players can't play this bad forever. So I ask the final question: Do you guys think that over the course of this season it is possible that they all get out of their funk and this team that we had such high expectations for at the beginning of the season and on paper had a whole bunch of guys that are previous 30 goal scorers and a defensive core that yes wasn't maybe as great but could be still stalwart enough to defend and price coming back can this team turn it around or are we really just they would build I, I think it was Brian Wilde who put it up for them to even make the playoffs they'd have to go on a run of like 45 and 23 which he also said is not completely unrealistic no, it's not unrealistic. But if you look at this team, do, does this look like a team that could I, go on forty-five? I'm, I'm asking you. No, if they, it, no can they turn no, it around? No. no. Okay. No, no I they think cannot. they can turn it around because they're too good of a team to how they are. I, I've said it last week as well. You said I, that last, how many times? Every episode, you'll repeat it. I'm telling you, they're too good for what the, the record is. I think they could turn it around. Can they make a playoff push? Yes. Can they make the playoffs? That's another question. Well, I could tell you this: if they make a playoff push and screw their draft pick even more for the upcoming draft. Then, then this is this is no team plays for the. Draft. I know no that's team on, plays the tank. The, the writing's on the wall. That is exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Sorry, well, Gary, going back. Then it, the, it, that's what's going to happen. And until, until unless they embrace it immediately, and, and they trade, they sell off people at the trade deadline and whatnot, and you know have people sit out because they're injured or whatnot. They're they're going to. But right now, themselves right, out of a high draft. But at this moment, right at this moment, this this season in a nutshell is the following. And this one here, the flipping down the ice and the fortuitous bounce as it hits, it kicks left right into the net. It just tells the story and the frustration of the Montreal Canadiens. You know what? My phone go. I don't know why I bought it. <laughs> so for those who can't see the clip, if you're listening on uh, on um, and, you, and you have no video, essentially that was the clip of uh, the end of the game there, the empty netter against Vegas and Hoffman basically clotheslining himself against the boards. Um, so yeah. That, uh, that does say quite a bit now, doesn't it? So, listen, guys. Let's close it up here. Um, I think that was really well done. I think the overall consensus is if it's done correctly, we all kind of agree we'll, we would embrace the rebuild. However, the team does still have a glimmer of hope to potentially get their shit together. Um, but it's really going off the tracks very, very quickly. Dave thinks there's a glimmer of hope. All right, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm usually the one that's... As we said, cautiously, cautiously optimistic. optimistic. No, uh, it's it's it, it's too. It'd be too much. They're too soft. They're Break too soft. Heart, you're, you're, They're too soft to show the kind of character that requires to go on a run like that. Very good. Well, listen, we'll we'll pick it up next time. Again, we want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, please subscribe. Please like. Please share with anybody that you think would enjoy this kind of content. Uh, I'm Matt. He was Vito. He was Dave. And this was Get Pucked. Thanks.